0: Capital Six Theatres is situated on the corner of Yates and Blanchard in the heart of downtown Victoria. Capital Six Theatres features luxury recliner seating. You can reserve your seat in advance and choose where you want to sit. No more waiting in lines. To reserve your seat now, visit capital6.ca. That's c-a-p-i-t-o-l-six.ca.
1: We would like to acknowledge with respect that the University of Victoria stands on the land of the Lekwungen and Wasanich people. We'd like to thank the elders and chiefs of these territories for continuously allowing us to reside here, although many of us were not invited to do so. As a radio station and media outlet, CFUV was founded in colonial contexts and still continues to operate in those contexts today. Welcome to You in the Ring. I'm your host, Salma Hassan. Here at You in the Ring, we share alternative perspectives on stories from our campus. We feature interviews with students, faculty, and other members of our community to hear what UVic has to say. I want you to take a second and think. What's been stressing you out lately? Is it maybe finishing a paper on time or maintaining your seemingly volatile GPA? Maybe it's balancing your academic work and social life. Are these questions getting you worked up even just hearing them? It's okay. Take a deep breath. Do you often, if ever, just stop to take a deep breath? University life is stressful. There's no denying that. Do you know how to handle that stress? As conversations about mental health become more prevalent in our society, post-secondary institutions are recognizing the need for more mental health resources on campus. That being said, this movement is still in its early stages, and there just aren't enough counselors and other resources available for the over 20,000 students attending UVic. So how do you deal with academic pressure? Do you meditate? Do you take part in an extracurricular activity? Do you exercise or participate in a team sport? Do you just grin and bear it? In this episode, we investigate how to handle academic stress in healthy ways. We speak with a champion of meditation at UVic's multi-faith services. We hit the gym with a cycling instructor at CARSA. And we hit the ring to find out how students are dealing with and talking about stress at school. That's all coming up in a moment. Stay tuned. Before we start, let's try and clear your mind a bit. Close your eyes and take a deep breath. Have you ever tried meditation to let go of some of that school stress you've been feeling? Meditation is used to focus your mind on a specific activity, usually something inward like breathing, to stop your mind from racing and to calm you down. Meditation has been proven to reduce stress and has been suggested to many a student who's coping with daily stress. For anyone who's interested in learning more about meditation, UVic's multi-faith services provides information to UVic students, and has guided meditation for anyone who can attend. To learn more about the benefits of meditation, CFUV correspondent Annabelle sat down with Henry Locke, a representative of UVic's multi-faith services.
2: So I invite you just to sit in a comfortable, dignified pose on your chair, um, with your back straight and your shoulders square and relaxed and your eyes closed if you wish. Your hands on your lap or your knees uh, in this kind of dignified meditation pose that allows our bodies to be alert and at the same time relaxed, and which really helps us to be alert and relaxed within our meditation practice as we start to work with the breath. And so, I'm going to invite you to simply notice the breath, notice as you breathe in and breathe out. Notice the sensations of the breath as the air passes the nostrils and goes over your throat and into the lungs. Watching the chest rise ever so slightly, the sensation of the belly softening. Allow all your attention simply to rest on this act of breathing in this moment and then the next
3: so could we start by both of you telling me who you are and what you do here at uvec
2: yes uh, i'm a chaplain working with multi-faith services and uh, been here at UVic for quite a number of years. And one of the chief things that I do is provide opportunity for students to explore their spirituality and particularly learn spiritual practices that will enhance their sense of wellness, their sense of connection, their sense of identity. And one of the chief things that I offer is a simple mindfulness practice uh, or meditation, breath meditation. Quite a big student community has gathered around that simple activity and we're all kind of exploring together about how to make that work for our lives.
4: So my name is Joe, I'm 21 year old and I'm an exchange student from France. This is my third year in geography. I did two years in uh, Montpellier, the South of France. And uh, when I first uh, arrived here, I think the first week in UVic, I met Henry here in the Antifeph Chapel and he told me about the meditation. Since then, I, I go twice a week and um, I built a wonderful community around me. I met my partner here, a lot of friends, we do a lot of Dumb circle potluck organized festival together and it's I'm very grateful for this space.
3: Joe, had you meditated a little bit before you met Henry or was this kind of an introduction to the practice?
4: It was present around me, uh, thanks to my friends, thanks to the people that I met doing hiking, uh, some people in my family as well, but it was not a practice in my life. I did one meditation retreat, I guess, like 2 years ago. I was very sympathetic with it, but doing it twice a week first and then doing it every day
2: now. Life. That's a big difference in my life, for sure.
3: Could you tell me, Henry, what is meditation as you practice it here?
2: Uh, that's a very big question. There's so many different angles to meditation. Uh, but for me personally, uh, I discovered meditation quite a number of years ago when I was going through a pretty big crisis in my life. And I found that meditation was a very powerful tool for me to kind of wake up, be present to what's going on in my life, but in a way that was non-critical and accepting and inclusive and as a way to explore myself more deeply about who I am, what I do, uh, what I'm about, I'm about and so forth. So that's what meditation does for, for me. Uh, and it's become a very important part of my life that uh, I tap into all the time. It's, the, it's my go-to place. Uh, to, and I find a sense of balance and peace and joy and connection. In that practice,
3: you're here. We're talking uh, so far about what the practice uh, looks like or what it entails, but it does have uh, roots in different spiritual practices or or religions. Do you think this connotation sometimes scares people away from practicing meditation, or or not?
4: I was pretty afraid about uh, everything around religion, uh, being like a teenager in France. Um, and I was very surprised uh, to be welcome in this chapel when I first arrived. I understood that it can be a secular place. You can practice meditation or dream circle or potluck without any Christian or Jewish or Muslim practice. And that was good for me, like to go in this community with that perception that it was opened for a secular person like me. Now, I'm also aware that religion its a wonderful way to bring people together, to build community. And I'm very grateful for all the church around who asked us when we need to cook uh, to do events, for example, or who asked events themselves. That's wonderful. And I also understand that when I'm talking with students in UVic about uh, the event what we, that we do in the chapel, sometimes they don't want to come, maybe because they are afraid about religion. And I can understand that, because I did. I was afraid as well. But I think that we can just be curious and just come and see what it is, and nobody will like push you to do anything. Like, Henry is uh, like his background is like um, a a priest from the United Church. United Church, yeah, Christian. And we discussed like several times a week uh, for six months now, and he never said to me, Oh, like you should believe in God or something like that. Like everybody's free to do what he or she wants.
2: You know, we have difficulty with the the word faith or interfaith chapel or multi-faith services. And some people say, well, I'm not part of any faith or sounds like religion to me. Uh, I don't want to go to that place because obviously it's not for me. And uh, we have difficulty kind of dissuading people of that perception, saying, no, this is this is a resource. That is for everybody. Uh, and you can enter into it at whatever level you would want to. If you just want to come at it from a, a practice level of learning how to do meditation just for yourself, you don't need to believe anything. You just need to try it out. Feel free to do it. Nobody's going to tell you to, that you have to believe one thing or another or, uh, you know, that your thinking is right or wrong or anything like that. It's just come in experience it for yourself be part of community of people that are exploring this whole thing and it's just a great thing for for your life
3: henry you touched on this a little bit earlier what made you start meditating
2: well i I was raised up within a kind of religious context a christian church kind of thing and i fell away from it for a while and then i went back to it and actually did my master's uh learning about uh uh, theology, divinity, and history of all that stuff because I was just curious. and I just wanted to explore, be part of that, mainly because of some mystical experiences that I had on my own, apart from religion. And I just well, trying to try to make sense of actually what's going on, what's going with my heart, my, my body, my my mind, in this, and what's this all about anyway. And um, so. Uh, in terms of meditation, how I kind of discovered that, actually it was about 25 years ago I had just been contracted, I would gotten cancer, <laughs> um, diagnosed with cancer, and I had a small baby at home that had just been born to my partner and I, Leslie, and I had also a four-year-old uh, son, uh, who had, so we had two kids and I got cancer and I thought I was going to die. I also had just gotten this job here working at UVic and uh, like a year before, and I was just so happy with the job, you know. Anyway, I got this cancer and said, what is going on? Like, why would I get cancer? I was still young, a young father with two kids, and, and it's a great job. Um, in the midst of that, as I was going through my chemotherapy and radiation therapy, I had agreed to welcome a teacher of meditation to come speak here at the Interfaith Chapel and uh, his name was Lawrence Freeman, uh, teaching within the Christian mystical tradition, contemplative tradition of practicing meditation. And uh, I didn't know much about meditation at all, but that evening uh, I had agreed to welcome him and he taught a little bit about meditation and then we sat and did meditation. Now it just turned out that earlier in that day I had had a chemotherapy treatment and uh, my experience of that was like an awful experience. You get this chemical cruising through my, through the veins and, uh, and my whole body was irritated and I just was feeling awful in my body. And uh, this was, you know, I would had several chemotherapy uh, sessions over the previous weeks and I just hated the experience. It was just yucky. But still, I, you know, introduced the guy in the evening and um, he uh, taught us about meditation and we sat in meditation. And about partway through the meditation, I suddenly had this kind of epiphany moment, this this moment of insight, where I saw the experience of the chemicals cruising through my veins and the irritation from a totally different perspective through the meditation practice. And I thought, wow, I can actually relate to these feelings in a different way than I've usually I'm relating to it I was pushing them out of the way, just hurting and just trying to get rid of them, medicating them or whatever, I can actually relate to these thoughts and these feelings, these sensations in my body in a different way. I had this kind of moment insight and I was, wow, it's like it, this whole burden was kind of suddenly lifted off me, So, oh, this is amazing, How I need to know more about how to do this. And I had a, a few minutes later, I had a kind of similar experience in the meditation kind of confirming to me, so oh, this is something about this. There's a way that I can orient my mind and, and shift my the way I am in relation to my experiences that, that can actually lift me up into a different level of awareness and consciousness and being. And uh, so after that, I got together with a teacher of uh, English actually here at UVic. So let's form a little group of meditation on campus and let's just start it and then we'll have an opportunity to practice because we're committed to it and we'll invite other people and they might come to it as well. And so that's how it got started. And, uh, and through the practice of, of years and then learning more about it and going to retreats, I learned how to, how to do meditation and make it part of my life and I haven't stopped. I, it's my, my coming home to place all the time every day when I med- meditate, it's just really enhanced my life. And I didn't need to have it within religious language, although I have done a lot of thinking about uh, the, re- uh, the religious roots of, of of meditation, because it's rooted within Buddhist practice, in Hindu practice, Christian practice. They talk about it all in different ways, but it's really uh, it, uh, the practice of the transformation of consciousness, of deepening our capacity to be fully conscious, aware, uh, present, fully alive in, in, in each and every moment. It's, uh, it's an ancient practice and we're just learning it fresh uh, in today's context, a modern context. And, uh, and the meditation comes to us through those religious traditions. It's part of the human wisdom uh, that has been passed on from generations to generations. And we're finding ways to uh, bring that into our modern awareness and our modern um, values and ideals to enhance our own individual lives. That's why it's so powerful.
3: So I've heard that even 30 minutes of meditation a week can really carry over into your daily life. So clearly you've just explained the ways that it has for you, Joe, but Henry, what does that look like for you?
2: Well, I, I think I've described it as like coming home to myself, you know, each of those times. And uh, uh, I used to struggle with meditation, and I sometimes still do it. That's part of the experience, you know. Uh, Now my mind is very busy. Uh, The one thing that I struggled with when I first started to meditate was with boredom, like to sit here for 20 minutes in silence. Like, really? I'm bored. I I want stimulation. I want to get some connection. Somebody talk to me, uh, you know. And then I started to realize that that is the orientation that is just um, that we're pushed into all the time. We need to be entertained. We need to be engaged. We need to have thoughts coming to us at all the time. And it's almost become addicted to to the doingness of things. And I learned in meditation that, you know, it's really good simply just to be to be present in the moment and then I started to see boredom as something really interesting it was nothing boring about it actually when you actually examine boredom as the way it manifests itself in your consciousness in your in your body it's fascinating you know you can actually see where boredom actually sits in your body you know or where where it seems to manifest itself and then suddenly boredom wasn't boredom anymore it was something that was that i had curiosity about and explored it as Part of who I am. And so that's, it's, it's, um, it, boredom is just one example. There's all kinds of other things that manifest themselves in our lives, you know, anger, frustration, sadness, depression. Uh, and to change our orientation to those things, and it's not something to do away with them or push them or do something with, them, but simply to be present to them. That's what meditation teaches. And that's why whenever I meditate, it's like coming home to myself, to my, this my deeper essence, my deeper personality, uh, the deeper parts within me that just simply know how to be present, just to be.
3: Joe, how have you noticed that your interactions with the world and those around you have changed?
4: I think that like my first answer will be about all uh, I am in my body. The fact that I am now aware about the agitation that I can feel. For example, when I'm discussing with somebody, but it's not the right moment, like I'm thinking about something else. I can feel something in my chest or in my throat. Um, when I am wondering about something or when am, I'm hungry or when I am stressed, uh, I, I can I can be aware about what is going on in my body and I can take a moment and say, OK, no, I, I have to stop this discussion. It's very interesting, but like not now. Or I can just eat if I am hungry or I can just sleep if I am tired. Uh, now, f- thanks to the meditation, I can be more focused and more aware about what is going on in my body so I can take care of myself. And that's the first step. I have to be in love with me. And then uh, I can give to other people. If I am balanced, uh, if I love myself, I can love around me and I can have more compassion and I can think, oh, like, I think that you are tired or maybe you are hungry. Can I help you? Um, Before I was trying to help people by asking questions, uh, like trying to control them and to give advice. Now I am more aware about what they can feel and what do they need, maybe without word. I can just be here and I can just offer my support without word. uh, last week, uh, one of the members of the meditation community, she arrived in the Antifa Chapel crying and like, you know, she tried to, to hide it and she went to the, the bathroom and me and two friends, we just saw that and we said nothing. We just walked in front of the bathroom and we had a sit in front of the bathroom door. And when she go out of the bathroom, like, you know, she was like trying to hide uh, this pain again. We are just here in front of her and we just look with like a lot of support and a lot of love. And we woke up and we just have a big group hug together. And we said nothing. We stayed together five minutes and then we did different stuff. But we just offer a lot of compassion and a lot of love in this kind of ecological being that we can be.
3: I'm curious. Uh, leading back a little bit to to the idea of compassion, and especially because you mentioned that you you have a quite a active uh, mind, and because I think people associate meditation with with being quiet and with not having any thoughts, it can become difficult as you're sitting and like a, a thought comes through, and instantly you're just like, oh, I'm doing this so wrong, right? Or, or I can't do this. I, I I'm terrible at this, and then finding it so hard and, and giving up. And finishing just feeling even worse about yourself than you were. Um, what would you say to someone who feels this way? And um, yeah, what would you suggest? And why do you think they should keep trying?
2: Well, you're describing so beautifully that critical part of our brain. We're so well constructed to um, to watch out for danger you know that's evolutionarily that's where we have come to um, we the first thing that the brain picks up is the possible dangers all around us you know and uh, and so we come out of this place of uh, anxiousness and fear you know like just like a deer you know like just watching for things that might be a threat and we we carry that within us It's part of our DNA right and uh, our one of the things that we do as human beings is that we have this critical self that uh, that kind of helps us to be you know more vigilant against the dangers that arrive you know but it becomes so so over developed and in that it becomes oppressive you know so one of the things in meditation is just to say oh, okay there's my critical self saying i'm sitting here in meditation and it's not doing anything for me i suck at it you know why why bother doing? oh there's a critical thought look at that my brain has just produced that that old it's usually so ingrained in us we don't even recognize when it's happening oh i'm having a critical thought about myself and what i'm doing now and then in meditation just to notice it okay critical thought let it go return again to the breath and open up you know, your awareness to the next possible moment that arises. So you treat the critical voice in the same way that you treat treat all the other voices that come up. And boy, you become very quickly aware how the critical voice is is so constantly present within our being, always telling us, you're not good, you're not doing this right, or you should be doing that better. And if you could only uh, 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 sit more often, then you wouldn't be so bad. And it's partly because all around us, our critical voices are being reinforced all the time. The moment you watch television or a commercial, on the, this, they, they show something that is wrong with you or a person. You know, you know, maybe you don't look right, or you have pimples or something like that. And so you know, here's a product that will fix it. Right away, we are kind of engaging that critical self thought. Oh, if I'm something, this is wrong with me. This is what I will buy to, to fix it for me. We don't even realize that that, that critical thought is just a thought we can let it go. We don't need to believe it. We don't believe it to be true. We can actually just say, oh, that's just a thought that my brain has produced in this moment. I don't need to engage it. I don't need to go further with it. I can let it go. And meditation is a, one tool that helps us strengthen that capacity of self-awareness and to be able to identify what's helpful and what's not helpful for our own self-awareness. And to, to notice that critical voice that is so operant and-
4: in free. Happy that you uh, ask this question because Henry really talk about a lot about it as well in the beginning of uh, of each meditation, and I think it's uh, struggling for a lot of people. But I don't have a lot of self judgment for me. Uh, I find that it's kind of funny if I can like just uh, sit down for one hour and thinking about crazy stuff all the time and like not doing a proper meditation in a way. I don't care. It's just part of the process. It's it's perfect. It's a, if I if I have to think about that, I do, and it's all good.
3: So I have a I have a question here, but I think it's really shining through like throughout this whole conversation, um, just about how meditation affects um, positivity and and happiness. And I mean, you're both really, you know, through your statements and through your your presence, like that that shows. But I don't know if um, you have a way to put it into words for for people. Um, for people who are listening
4: I think that we go through a lot of states every day and all the time and I am not trying to be good and positive all the time it, sometimes I need to be sad and I'm very grateful when I cry actually it's awesome I, I really love it and when um, I am going through an experience uh, which is painful for me if I have a reaction for somebody, I just try to observe it and being grateful and say, oh, it's perfect. Thank you for making me sad or for doing something that brought, uh, that bring a reaction to my mental. It's a good experience for me. I I can use it to grow and to learn about my reaction and maybe to improve myself through that. I had a lot of struggle, for example, to stop to smoke. And I was very judgmental about me, like, smoking again and again and failing. And um, I just, yeah, I just decided to say, okay, that's just a part in my life. And it's all good, it's perfect, I enjoy smoking, why Why not? Why, why it's bad? If I, I want to stop, I have first to acknowledge that it's not horrible, and it's not bad, I can just do that, It's don't, it's not painful that much. But I have the intention to do another thing. I know that it can be maybe better for me. I can, I can have an improvement in this direction. So step by step, I can go in this direction. But yeah, without judgment. Um, yeah, just like we, we can't be positive all the time or be happy all the time, but we can be grateful for when we are not happy and learn from that.
2: The cultivation of gratitude in our lives is, is really important, you know, even on simple things like um, one thing that we do in the meditation club when we have our soup suppers here regularly every second Thursday, uh, we we start with a little moment of mindful appreciation of the food that we're sitting in front of, you know, it used to be a kind of a, used to be called a grace or a prayer, but it really is a way of bringing mindful attention to amazing abundance that's sitting on our plates you know the fact that it came through this um, people prepared it and so that we could eat it Uh, it came from another location it was grown in other places just to get this mindful appreciation of all the abundance that is right in front of it and to allow a sense of gratitude like a thank you just to arise within our being and to notice and feel that wow this is amazing this is I'm so delighted that I can actually be here with friends and sitting around this meal and taking a moment just to notice that this is what's going on it awakens gratitude in it and that gratitude is a very powerful feeling and is that, that is when it's cultivated it kind of puts other things into perspective especially the negative thoughts that we have about ourselves or the difficulties that gratitude is kind of the first step in in, in, a, in an unfolding process of bring fullness and healing.
1: We just heard about the benefits of meditation with UVic's Multifaith Services representative Henry Locke. Get your running shoes on because up next we chat with a group fitness instructor who links sweating on the bike to not sweating the small stuff. That's in a moment. Stay with us.
0: You in the Ring is supported by Capital Six Theaters. Every month, Capital Six features an independent film series which often includes a Q&A. Head over to 8058 Street to buy tickets. Phone the movie hotline 778-265-7988 to see what's playing or visit capital6.ca.
1: You're listening to You in the Ring. I'm your host, Salma Hassan. In this episode, we're looking at how students handle stress in academic settings, what resources are available on campus, and how we can access those resources. There are a lot of reasons to hit the gym. You can join a group sport or a class and make some friends. You can get stronger or build up your endurance. And get this, sweating can do wonders in terms of stress relief. Exercise is a known stress reducer. It pumps up your endorphins, increases your overall health, and ups your sense of well-being. At UVic, you can hit up the McKinnon Gym to play some basketball or go for a swim, and you can head to CARSA for a lot of group workouts and more. CFUV correspondent Rachel caught up with a spinning instructor, Vanessa, to talk about the benefits of a healthy lifestyle in the face of academic stressors. My
5: name is Vanessa Futcher and actually... In the next little while it will be Vanessa Boussier. As some of you know, I did get married, so I'm in the process. <laughs> <Congratulations>. <laughs> I'm in the process of changing my last name. So when it does change in the program, I'm still the same person, don't worry, same Vanessa. Um, and I'm a fitness instructor up at CARSA. So I teach spin classes, TRX classes, some cardio, core, and I'm currently actually signed up for getting my personal training certification, and I'm really excited about that. So stay tuned.
6: So what is the most rewarding part of your current job? I think the most rewarding part
5: of my job is all the incredible people that I get to meet on a day-to-day. I get to work with incredible students, staff, community members, faculty, and I get to see what their
6: fitness goals are and kind of help them work towards them. And everyone knows that being a student is pretty high stress. Um, How do you find that workouts help students deal with stress? Well, actually, I I was a student up at UVic um, more than a few years
5: ago, so I can definitely relate to that. And just getting out of the house and getting a workout in can make all the difference. My mom actually used to kick me out of the house um, and tell me either to go for a run or go to the gym and get a little workout in, get a sweat going in a nice way, of course, when she kicked me out of the house. But um, just to get a break, because sometimes when we're so busy studying, we actually aren't taking as much in as we could. And so having that little break, the little endorphin release, a little bit of Adrenaline going can make all the difference and just help refocus.
6: For busy students, what would you recommend as the best way to integrate fitness into their lives?
5: I think the best way to integrate fitness into a busy student life is just to make it a priority. You need to schedule it into your day-to-day, just like you would going to a class on campus, just like you would a dentist appointment, a doctor's appointment. When you make those appointments and you set them, you know you're going to attend them. So making it a priority in your day-to-day, whether it's once a week, twice a week, three times a week, whatever your goal is, write it in and then schedule everything else around that afterwards. So if someone invites you out for coffee or invites you out for go to the movies, say, you know, I'll, I'll meet up with you, but I'm going to go get my workout in first because it's really easy to get out of the routine. And then developing that routine again can sometimes be quite hard. It usually takes a couple weeks before we get really get the hang of it.
6: Thanks. So you do spin classes. Uh, Why should students choose spin over other types of fitness?
5: So I teach both actually spin as well as drop-in group fitness classes. And with those ones, it's the group atmosphere. I think it's really exciting to be there participating with other people. And it's a really... It's a fun environment to be in, and it's a great place to meet new people who might have similar interests or goals. And then also, too, that can help you find accountability partners so that you know you're going to see that certain person maybe on a Monday at lunchtime at spin, or maybe it's a Friday night spin. But making those relationships as well can be really helpful to keep your routine.
6: So aside from those social or goal setting benefits, do you see any other mental and physical benefits to regular exercise and, and particularly to exercise in a group fitness setting?
5: Absolutely. I mean, there's countless mental and physical benefits. I mean, cardiovascular, there's the bone strength and health. Um, and then also to mental once again, getting those endorphins going, it's just really, for me at least, um, makes me just feel so happy after I've done my workout. You can go in really to a group fitness class or any workout, um, in whatever kind of mood happens, maybe you didn't do very good on a test or maybe you've just got a really busy week ahead, but going in for those regular exercises. And, you know, seeking those chances to work out can really be beneficial. And once again, in that group fitness setting, once you get there and you see everybody else getting into it, it can be really motivating.
6: So what's your, once you're there, you get motivated, but what's your advice about getting motivated to, to get there in the first place?
5: I think my best advice for staying motivated is really, once again, just prioritizing that workout. So regardless of what kind of day you've had, whether it's good, whether you've had a bad exam or whether you just aren't feeling it, maybe the weather's affecting you, just having it on your calendar that you've got that um, accountability to yourself. But also if you have someone in the class that knows you're going to come, that can be motivating as well. And once you leave, you know, you'll be happy about getting in there.
6: How have you seen group fitness impact students' lives in a positive way? I think it's really an
5: incredible experience being on campus and working with students. A lot of them I get to work with during their entire degree. So sometimes that's four years, sometimes that's longer. Maybe it's shorter because they're getting two years here and going somewhere else. Um, But seeing their improvements, seeing their mental health, seeing their physical health, all of those along the way. and getting to help um, hear about their accomplishments, whether it's a run that they went faster on this time, whether it's an actual race or not, or maybe they did five more squats than they normally do in a class. I think it's just incredible um, just seeing how, how positive people can be and how they can just feel so happy with what they've accomplished in the class and actually some of my participants I even keep in touch with once they've left UVic and I like to touch base and see how their workouts are going um, once they've left.
6: So for people who are new to this but they want to get the ball rolling and start to live a more healthy um, exercise full lifestyle is it possible to personalize their workouts?
5: So all of these classes that we offer, they're for all ability levels. So whether it's beginner, intermediate, advanced, or even maybe whether you're recovering from an injury, Um, no matter what, we offer alternatives. So sometimes in my classes I offer low impact, sometimes I offer high impact exercises. And so you really can cater the class to yourself, just depending on how your body is feeling day to day. But if you are wanting maybe more of a personalized workout or maybe even a one-on-one setting, um, CARSA does offer the personal training packages. So you could work one-on-one and then have a program designed specifically for you and specifically for your goals. Um, And I know that sometimes it can be intimidating when you first start out, but once you get into that routine, you know you'll be happy about it.
6: Thank you so much, Vanessa, for taking the time to talk with us today.
5: Thank you.
1: We just heard from Vanessa, a fitness and cycling instructor at the University of Victoria. Now we've explored a couple of ways to handle stress that are accessible to students at UVic. But what else is there to do for a student under stress? Is there a special way that UVic students handle the stress caused by attempting to obtain a degree while balancing other life stressors? CFUV correspondent Rachel hit the ring to talk with students across campus for a sample of how UVic students handle the stress that is thrown their way.
6: On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you have rated your day-to-day stress levels before you started university?
7: Oh, hmm. I think maybe uh, like a six. Five, six, I guess it depends what I'm doing.
6: There's no there's no wrong or right answer. It's five, five. right in the middle. <laughs> uh, and then on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate your level of day to day stress now that you're at university? Oh
7: I would say a solid eight or nine most of the time. Sometimes the ten. Yeah. Okay. Coming
6: into exams and Yeah, yeah, definitely. On a scale from one to ten, how would you have rated your level of day to day stress before you started university?
8: Before university, I would say I mean it would it would vary day to day and I guess depending on different things, but somewhere between I don't know three and a six.
6: Okay, okay, you're doing pretty well then. Uh, on the scale of one to ten, then how would you rate your level of day to day stress as a university student?
8: Um, as a university student, I would say it probably varies now between like a five and an eight more more commonly between five and eight okay yeah
6: could you tell me on a scale of one to ten how you would have rated your level of day-to-day stress before you started university
9: oh my um well since i hold a record for the number of years in undergrad i don't really remember that far back <laughs> but probably like a five or a six
6: on a scale of one to ten how would you rate your level of day-to-day stress as a university student
9: oh well mm. that's changed too but probably much higher. If you asked me two years ago, I would have said 25. <laughs> now <laughs> it's probably like seven or eight.
6: Okay, that's not bad. You've gotten better then. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, Good job. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. What causes you the most stress in your life right now?
9: Oh, okay.
6: Um, well, yeah, school,
9: definitely. Um, relationships you know, the two big things of any young student.
7: Right now, I'm about to go out on a practicum. And so I'm in the middle of prepping for that and preparing when I'm not sure exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't really know the students that well. I've just met with the teacher. Um, Don't really know exactly which subjects I'll be teaching or when. And so it's a lot of unknown that we're supposed to be checking all these boxes of, yes, I've done this. Yes, I've talked to that person. And I just don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do. So it's kind of the stress of doing that while well, you don't know what you're doing.
8: <laughs> I mean, it, it is all school-related. But I think mostly it's the pressure that I put on myself about school. Like, not, I don't think the things about school necessarily really matter that much, but I just think they matter. So that's, what, that's where the stress that, comes from. That counts, though. Yeah. That's, yeah. Real. Okay. that's
6: real. Okay. Um, what are some things that you do to help you handle your academic and day-to-day stress?
8: Um, having a dog really helps. Just having something to force me to go out the door and change my environment. Um, I, I mean, I have, like, the regular unhealthy habits. I like to eat yummy food, and um, that's, prob- that's probably the number one thing, actually dog or food the food is probably Uh, the number one thing yeah
7: yeah swim bike and run with other people yeah (laughs) excellent yeah i uh yeah definitely almost every night i would say i i get out to this triathlon group that i joined um in victoria tri stars and they are awesome for just like forgetting about everything else and just focusing on how hard this track workout is and getting through it and then i feel a lot better when i go home to my homework (laughs) drugs Um, Yeah, yeah. That's good. (laughs) Um,
9: Exercise, talking to people, really just anything that distracts me from thinking too much. Do you know of or can you name any resources that UVic provides to help students relieve stress? Um, Well, there's all those. There's like mental health groups and then there's counseling and stuff, but it's not really stress relief. That's just kind of... Mm, I don't know, different clubs of like sports and stuff, I guess.
6: I, I think counseling you know. could count yeah I could it okay. so, yeah, I would say so I
9: wouldn't I, I didn't have the best luck there, so I'm sorry to hear yeah, I good. don't like push for it that strongly because I think it needs to be tweaked a bit of okay. counseling services here. Uh,
8: I know there are a number of counseling services um, but um, beyond that, I'm not really sure. oh. I think there's some sort of program where you can sign up to just talk to people. I'm not sure how that works, but I've heard something along those lines.
7: Oh. Well, I definitely have heard of like meditation and yoga kind of events going on around campus. Also like the puppy puppy days, mm. pup dog de stress days. I'm not sure what they're called, but I found it a little bit more stressful, actually, but but I think for some people it really works. though. To have dogs around? Right? Yeah, just, well, I love dogs, but I think because there was such a huge lineup, it was such a big thing that everyone showed up, and then I finally, like, got into my turn, and then there were dogs everywhere, and I wanted to talk to them all and see them, talk to them, hey dogs. <laughs> I wanted to see them all, um, but then... I felt bad because there were so many people waiting that like possibly needed that de-stressor more than I did and so that I felt stressed about that and then I ended up just leaving. But I think if it was something that happened regularly then it would it would be like less of this huge thing and yeah everyone could just access the dogs.
6: <laughs> awesome. In your opinion is there anything at, that the University of Victoria could do to better help students alleviate stress? Uh, For me right now, I think a huge thing is
7: communication between teachers within a department or within a program. Um, At least, well, yeah, in my program in education, like they all the teachers know each other. We all have the same schedule of classes. So I think it'd be quite easy for them to communicate with each other just to know like when things are coming up, when the deadlines are. And uh, yeah, just talking about like crossover between courses to um, try and make things easier because there have been a lot of things where... They Just haven't communicated, and then it makes it harder on us, which it seems like a simple thing to
6: fix. <laughs> oh, especially in such a like when all the profs know each other, it's yeah, exactly. Like
7: going like, all over the yeah, campus. no, it's, it's all in one building, yeah, everyone knows or should know what's going on and who's involved, but it's just there's a disconnect yeah. there. So.
9: Um, well, I guess better or more bring more awareness to what resources there are mm-hmm. because I mean, I've been here forever and I still don't know. And students are pretty good at trying to get those across, but I still don't really know what is out there that could help, so.
8: I think it would have to be like some sort of overall shift in thinking towards academic studies, and I'm not, I think that would, I'm not sure how, what that would look like, but some sort of, um, just like s- somehow creating an understanding for students that maybe it's not the end of the world. and all the sort of comparison that goes on between students, if somehow the university could um just like push the idea that it's not about comparison it's about like what you're getting out of the the experience Mm -hmm. yourself instead of comparing your grades with others
6: So this might segue really well then, so describe to me what a stress-free university experience would look like for you
8: Uh... Yeah, that's a good question. I think you'd have to, you could take away grades somehow, and then just have a, like an individual accountability as your assessment. Um, yeah, I think I think the way our academic, at least especially in undergrad, like the system with you have an exam and then you get a grade, I think that is inherently stressful, and I think that would have to be different, and it would just have to be um, your achievement would have to be sort of your own achievement and not compared to others. Otherwise, I think it, would, it is stressful.
9: Stress for university experience? Uh, yes. Oh. Um, okay, well, I would like to change the whole school system in general, and I think that would take a lot of the stress
6: away. Like revolution style? Yeah, oh yeah.
9: You, like, fully change the world here. That's what I'm going to do. Any, Any don't fa- finer points <laughs> that you want to share? <laughs> <laughs> um, the fact that everybody is... Streamed or marked, not marked, tested or graded or evaluated. Thank you. Yes, evaluated the same way when everyone is not the same, Um, and that starts in like kindergarten, (laughs) and so the like revolutionary. Like you need everything to be changed. So, but that would probably do a lot and take away certain things like multiple test tests, multiple choice tests, Um, different ways of evaluation. Yeah, I think would be huge.
7: I think less I was actually just talking about this today less um, I guess less classes overall because like right now we're taking like six courses a lot of people are taking five or six all the time Um, and then within those courses you have so many deadlines and so I think just removing some of that so like bringing the focus in to be okay instead of 10 projects we're gonna do like five and you know just cutting it down and then um, you can focus more on like the learning and just like feeling good about that instead of just like getting it done, hand it in, like check, 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 I did this. Like I was reading through an assignment the other day because I had to present on it today and I only handed it in a couple weeks ago and I read through it, had no idea, like someone else could have written that thing. I had no idea what was going to be in there because it was just a matter of like sitting down, nailing it out and handing it in. And then I just, yeah, you're not learning and it's just stressful.
6: (laughs) In your opinion, why is finding proper coping mechanisms for stress important to healthy student life? Oh,
9: well, if you don't do that, then you'll end up how I was about two years ago, which nobody wants to be in that position. So it's super important just to be a functioning member of society without wanting to run away. Yes, from life. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
7: I think because well, it's an awful feeling. I think it's something. It's something that everyone has at some point at, on some level. And it's just an awful feeling and no one wants that. Um, So I think, yeah, just having like the more access we have to stress relievers and coping mechanisms, then the better off we're gonna be and we're gonna be better people to each other. So I think often when you have an interaction with someone that is less than ideal, I think often there's gonna be stress behind it. Um, So the more we can cope with that for ourselves, and I think the better we can interact with each other.
6: Thank you very much. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you very much.
1: No problem. Thank you. We just heard a handful of interviews with you, the student body, about how to best deal with stress. Thanks for listening to You in the Ring. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to hear more episodes like this one, head over to cfuvpodcast.com or soundcloud.com forward slash cfuv. The theme music you heard in this episode was composed and performed by Toe. This episode was produced by myself, Maureen Chow, Annabelle Budd, Rachel Gardner, Dante, and Max Collins. This program is created by our podcasting production team. If you'd like to get involved in spoken word programming here at CFUV, you can find more information at cfuv.ca. You in the Ring cannot be created without the support of Capital Six Cinemas and the Community Radio Fund of Canada. Thank you so much. I'm your host, Salma Esan. This is You in the Ring. Thank you for tuning in.
0: You in the Ring is proudly supported by Capital Six Theatres. Get out of the house and see brand new movies with surround sound and first class luxury seating on the big screen. Experience cinema how it was meant to be seen. Capital Six, the ultimate movie-going experience. Book tickets and see what's playing at capital6.ca.